Welcome to the Ozone. Hello and welcome to the Ozone. I'm your host, Jeff Hazard, Assistant Director of Athletics and Sports Information Director here at SUNY Oneonta. And on tonight's episode, I have the pleasure of welcoming Hall of Fame basketball player Sharon Nichols. Welcome to the show, Cheryl. Hello, Jeff. Thank you for having me. Uh, so uh, quite a different time uh, that we're living in uh, with the pandemic yes. and all. And, and we'll get yes. to that as, as, you know, because I know you're pretty heavily involved in your campus where you are in Florida uh, with yes. some of that planning. So we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about that a little later in the show. Um, but just to give people a little background on your playing career here, uh, you ended up as our all-time and still are our all-time leading scorer. And you also lead us in assists and steals. And uh, you were SUNYAC Player of the Year, uh, the year that we won our first uh, women's basketball title in the conference, um, which is quite an accomplishment. I know that probably when you came here as a freshman, maybe you didn't think, you know, four years later that you'd be at the top of the hill. Um, Not at all. But uh, let's, let's start there. Um, how did you find your way to Oneonta? <laughs> how did Oneonta find me? Um, <laughs> So I am the seventh child from uh, immigrant parents from Jamaica. And so um, we moved to this small town in upstate New York in the Catskills called Monticello. And there's not very much to do in Monticello, New York. So I just started playing sports and I was a three sport athlete all the way up to high school, went to two sports and then uh, basketball found me. So I stayed with basketball. And we had a rival basketball team that we played every year. And in my senior year, uh, the coach from the rival basketball team had uh, Coach Co uh, Garner come over to watch their player play. And that coach told him about me. Oh, and yeah. so he decided to come watch one of my games and uh, it was history from there. Uh, Oneonta was the place that I felt like I needed to be because at the time they offered elementary education. That was always going to be my dream yeah. to be elementary yeah. education teacher. And I had the opportunity to play basketball. Never thought it possible. So there I was, yeah. freshman, yeah. bright-eyed on yeah. the campus of Oneonta, <laughs> now, ready for whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now, of uh, course, um, uh, when Coach Garner uh, took over the program, that was kind of a big transition time for us. And I believe that you came in with five or six other players in that freshman class. Um, yes. And, and I think that that was where they said, this is gonna be the building block for potential yes. success or whatever we think we're gonna get to. When you came yes. in as a freshman, did you see that or feel that? I mean, was there a lot of expectations? Were people telling you that this is the group? I heard it a lot. Um, it, I don't know. It, it was weird. You know, it was a new experience for us. We, For me, at least, I can't speak for the other ladies, but here we are. We're at college for the first time, and uh, we have these other athletes with us. We're supposed to play together as a team. We didn't know what to expect. We all knew we loved basketball, and we all knew that we were going to give it 110%. I'm not sure if freshman year we decided that we were going to go all the way. Um, I think there was a point in our career, uh, maybe second year, where we said we can absolutely do this. And it, it was amazing for us to stay together as a team. 
I think the four there were four that stayed, and then uh, Angie Velasco came on. She was a transfer, and she came on and she rounded out the team, and we were unstoppable. I think every year we committed to to get better, even in the off season. We we just had a goal that we were going to get better every single year, and we just never stopped. So right. as we grew, um, as we matured, and as we grew, I think our our vision grew, and our um, determination grew to just let's make it happen and we just that's all we did day in and day out right now uh you know looking back at those season records from that time from 94 to 98 uh, you could see the incremental improvement yes. and like you said i think that second year you you made a jump to 15 wins or something you know what i mean yes. so it's so you i mean that's a big jump going to 15 wins it, it's pretty hard to win 15 games in any basketball season um so you know, so the mood of the team. I mean, could you see it within the team and and the players? Yeah, there was there was definitely an energy. Like we fed off of each other. We started to learn each other's strengths. We already we learned just um, what what each of our roles were. We were starting to fit into our roles, mm -hmm. and um, we wanted to even in practice. We we practice as if we were playing because we wanted us all to get better. You know, you play as you practice. So there was no slacking in practice. I I would make them run. They would make me run. And we we were a team in the true sense of the word team. When you bring uh, a group of ladies from different walks of life, different everything, yeah. that we can come together and have one vision and work towards that one vision, like that personal responsibility and ownership. Yeah. It was just amazing. So whenever we, when we walked into practice, it was like we were walking into a championship game. Like wow. we gonna leave all the sweat on the floor. Wow. And as I talk about it now, I get excited. Like I want to go yeah. practice right yeah. now. <laughs> but um, I'm sure you could just, probably still play. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. You know, I've tried not to go past my prime. But um, <laughs> it was just. And when you, one of the things that I think I enjoyed the most was we weren't, we celebrated each other. You know, I, it wasn't about, I didn't get as many points as I wanted to get. Or I, if, if Christina shot the lights out and I got five assists, I was okay with that. Like that was my teammate. That was a contribution to the team. And Angie, as she grabbed boards and did, when it was on, it was on. And we just celebrated each other. I don't think there was anybody that, uh, was jealous about anybody else's success, which is what made us even more powerful. Right. Uh, because we knew when we were off, we we made sure somebody else was on, right. and we just made it work. Right. Now, um, of course, in building any program, successful program, of course, you know you have to continue to recruit other players and bring them into the fold. So, what was it like? Because, uh, of course, again, that freshman class that was brought in seemed to be the the impetus for what happened four years later. Right. How, you know, how, so how did that mesh with the players that came after you to try and get them to kind of be in that same mentality? Well, I think um, it was Tom that was, uh, he came on board and he was doing a lot of the recruiting as well. And, uh, and he had such a passion about what we did and who we were. And so when, when young ladies were coming to the team, we loved on them, but we let them know, listen, this you're not top dog here yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to earn that spot and we're gonna help you earn that spot but we have these expectations of you there's no prima donnas in here 
we going to work hard. We're going to steal the ball from you. We're going to box you out. You're going to fall on the floor. We're going to take you through it. Yeah. If you can do that and you can show that you can continue to contribute, even if you don't get the playing time you should get, right. um, we welcome them as a family yeah. because we saw that as an opportunity to leave a legacy even with them because it wasn't about us. It was the family of the team and whoever was going to be on that bench and come in after us, they knew what they were coming in for and as. So we wanted to make sure they were ready. Right. We wanted to have a deep bench that no matter who yeah. we threw at them, they knew <laughs> that the dragons came ready to play. Yes. <laughs> so it was, it was exciting. It was exciting. The recruits were always just so exciting about excited about what the women's basketball team was doing, because I don't even think in our region that there was as much um, energy around women's basketball as what I felt was happening at Oneonta. Right. Um, I can't speak for any other team. Any other team was yeah. not in yeah. my my right. mirror there in my window. So right. <laughs> they felt that when they came. So that was fun. It yeah. was really fun working with the recruits. Now, are there uh, is there one moment that stands out? Um, you know, during your four years here. Oh gosh, there's so many. Yeah. You know, I still have, if you can see behind me on the wall, that one frame at the bottom by the flowers, yeah. that was that championship game when we beat our rival, Geneseo. Yeah. And a uh, photographer captured that moment where it was Bev, um, uh, Shackle, myself, and Ange. And we just had this look of elation, like, this just happened. Like, it was the pinnacle of four years yeah. just like what we wanted to see happen at, at we what we were working towards like it happened right. and i tell people all the time unless you've actually been on a championship stage sometimes it's hard to even explain that when you get to that point you know nothing is impossible once you get to that that level because you know the work you put into it up to that point so i i still have that i think that is my moment yeah. that was that yeah. moment there yeah um now that year um i believe uh that we were the first women's team ever to run the table in the suniac and not lose a game which yes. again you think of the history of the suniac and some of the teams you know Cortland, geneseo brockport uh yes. and for oneonta uh, to kind of have that mantle first, you know what I mean? That's got to be special yes. as well. Yes, and I think I think we also had uh, a, a, another stronger player. She was a year or so behind us, Marianne Courtney. Okay. Like, she was also that, you know, we had little, I don't know what you would call them, like assassins, silent assassins, and she was one of them, that she was dependable, she was reliable, and we couldn't have gotten to where we were unless it was for the entire team. It wasn't just the starting five. It was the entire team, the entire bench, the coaching staff, the fans, the faculty. Like That last year was so energetic that when it when the game was over and the championship was over, we, we knew we were going to go to the NCAAs. That was the first time ever. And I mm -hmm. think we were still back at championship game when we played, uh, I don't even remember their name. I don't even want to remember their name in the first round, yeah, in the first round. But um, that was just like, it was breathtaking. It was amazing. Um, so of course, uh, basketball is a big part of your time here at Oneonta, but certainly, uh, you know, the 
more important uh, things would be your education and uh, business, business economics major. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that experience and, um, you know, just kind of how much you enjoyed that as well. Well, you know, like I said in the beginning, I left uh, to come to Oneonta, went to Oneonta because I thought I was going to be pursuing elementary education. And um, I think the first year it was a little challenging trying to balance uh, transitioning to life on my own. Um, no boundaries, no nobody keeping me on track. Uh, basketball did that for me okay. um, because I knew because I loved it so much, I needed to push through in whatever I needed to to keep my academics up because that was the only way I was going to keep on playing basketball. Right. So that right. was my accountability. Um, so no matter the struggles that I had, I just, I pushed through. Um, I tell this story all the time. There was a pivotal time for me. I was on the bus riding from campus going to my apartment because I had moved off after the first year. And one of the, the schools that the teachers the elementary education students go to to teach or to do their teaching or their practicum. It was right there at the bus stop. I can't remember what school it was. And I was sitting at the window seat and I looked out and I saw all these little kids screaming and running around. And all my all my peers were trying to corral them. And I said, at that moment, I had an epiphany. This is not what I wanted to do. I am not at that place where I have the patience to do this. Right. And I remember right. the next day I went in and I changed my major to business economics. Uh -huh. um, there was a lot of faculty there that kept up with the basketball team. And those classes, it just it made it fun for me because I felt like I related to them. They related to me for, from sports. Yeah. So yeah. it made it comfortable to ask the professors questions, to, to get support from them, to get help from them as I'm trying to navigate um, who goes from elementary education to business economics? I remember my macroeconomics class, and I was like, what is this? And yeah. I actually did a great job in the class. <laughs> so um, basketball and education for me, the basketball did it for me, and the professors were amazing. It was, it all was just like, it went by just like that. You know, it started out slow, and as we ramped up, it was just like the time just just flew. And um, I, sometimes I have to go back and look at my transcript, transcripts and say, well, how did I really do? Because, you know, I can't tell you I did, you know, the absolute best. Right. But um, I, I did what I needed to do to, to get my education and to have the full experience because I knew I was a student athlete yeah. and I knew I had to represent not only on the court, but off the court, too, right. and in, in the classroom. So. It just, I don't know, it just made me all around a better um, student. Yeah. So now, uh, just looking at some of the information that you provided to me about some of the things that you did or have done uh, since yes. graduation. Uh, of course, you spent a little time in banking and some major corporations uh, such as Price Waterhouse and Coopers uh, doing some of that things. But then you found mentorship mm -hmm. and, and helping people and supporting students yes. and that's really kind of where I want to go now because the rest mm -hmm. of your time now going, moving forward has been in that area you know you went back you got a master's degree you've got a doctorate degree but now you're working on a second uh, doctorate degree so no I don't have oh. my first one yet oh, this don't? is my first one oh yes. okay okay yeah, it's my first one. Um, so but to, to but to get to that point like you said uh, you know you, you maybe you had like a you know you finally found your passion 
And I know that just in the brief times that I've been able to talk with you and see you speak in front of a group, you can see the passion, uh, you know, of mentoring and being a role model. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about how that, how you really did find that direction and, and what you're doing with that now. You know, I, I have to go back to how um, I got to where I am and it was because of my parents and um, my mom had an eighth grade education. My dad did not finish high school, but they knew the value of education. And I can't tell you that they had enough people around them that helped them to help us understand like all of the nuances of college and, and right. education. Um, and because of that, I wanted to be that person that if I cross paths with someone that I help them to understand how education is the door of so many opportunities um, that people can't take from you. And that part in terms of education mentorship just, just comes naturally. Um, this The sports mentorship, I mean, I know what it did for me. And so I try to do what I can to pour back into another young person's life because when they have sports in their lives, it just does something for your self-esteem. It does something for your work ethic for your leadership and and just empowers you as an individual so those two areas for me were you know it wherever i could i did and i started actually at oneonta at the basketball camp that that we had every summer and i remember the first camp that i did and there was this one young lady from the camp that she just kind of latched on to me and here i was this just junior in college you know, pouring into this young student's lives, like it's powerful for me. And I don't take that for granted. We have such um, a position when you, when you are on a stage like we were in college and you have these young athletes looking up to you, these young students looking up to you, every word you, you speak to them could be life altering. Everything they observe you do could be life altering. And I realized that, um, that I had that and I needed to make sure I protected that. I needed to make sure I, I developed that and I needed to make sure that I was responsible with it. And so every opportunity that I had, I tried to just encourage somebody and it just, you know, there's a scripture that says your gift will make room for you. And I, I don't know where the gift of, or the talent of basketball really came from. I never went to a camp. It just was a natural talent for me. Right. And so what I have, I try to pass on. I don't try to hold it for myself. And so sometimes, you know, I get people that gravitate towards me and I, it just, it happens. I, I, I don't know how else to explain that. And right. Even at the college that I was at too, that I'm at now. Right. Um, it right. just. Because you're involved in the uh, area of, um, of student engagement, a lot of your, you know, background yes. uh, stuff. Um, yes. You know, being the, right now you're the associate Vice President? Vice President, yes. Um, which you said is the first one in the college's history. Yes. Which is pretty amazing that, you know, that you're stepping into this. But, I mean, do you look at that as, um, is that a reward for hard work? Or is that, you, you know what I mean? Like, is that, like? Um, you know, it, this Beacon College is such a unique college. And I, and I share about Beacon all the time because it was, it was just like Oneonta found me, Beacon College found me. Okay. Um, I went to this college wanting to share my passion for helping people 
find their niche in education, you know, find out what, what they can do. But there's this college that focuses on students that have learning and attention issues that did not think college was an option, right. did not think that they would have a place where um, there is an institution that helps them based on how they learn. That was bigger than me. And my little bit that I can contribute, that's all I went there for. And every day that I, from the day I started, every student inspired me because the things we take for granted, they work 10 times as hard just to keep up with the daily getting to class, remembering this, trying to figure out how this works. And I wanted to be a part of their world and I wanted to help them to recognize their power, recognize their ability, recognize their talent, and let them know that they are valuable and they are smarter than the rest of us. Um, I consider myself having a disability. They have the abilities, and we used to we look at that in reverse. Right. right. You know, um, they've had to live with their learning difference, and they've done a fabulous job with it. So. I can't say it's it's a reward. I don't, I, I, I don't know if it's a reward. I just, I'm grateful for the opportunity to impact the mission and the vision in the college in any way possible, right. any way possible. Because to me, you're helping a student create a legacy. You're helping a family create a legacy. And that's something that at some point in their life, they never thought was possible. Right. I mean, right. every day they have a win. Right. Every day they, you know, for them, when they graduate from the college, it's like I felt when I won the championship. Yeah. You know, so that that in itself is my reward every single day. Okay. Every single day. Um, so uh, again, you know, just getting back to we're living in a pandemic right now with you know, a lot of activities. You know, colleges either not in session; they're all remote, virtual. Uh, you know, athletics have been suspended and. And you know, canceled at our level anyway. I mean, obviously they're playing in Division One, uh, most right. sports. Um, right. So, from your perspective, uh, what kind of advice uh, would you give to those young people who they're struggling? You know, mentally. You know, they want to play their sport. They want to, you know, be with on campus. They want to be with their friends. Social interaction. I mean, what kinds of things would you say say to them? And what do you say to the students at your college? Well, I, I, I know Beacon has created a community for them where they feel responsible for how the community gets along. It's, it's not our community, it's their community. And I can tell you when we had to go remote like the rest of the world, um, we, we were more high touch during that time with them because our students mean that much to us. And right. I'm not saying every other institution, they don't. But we just understood how much more it meant for our students to be able to have some kind of connection. Right. And that's what I saw with a lot of institutions. Um, when things went remote, it was like every man for himself. Yeah. Well, our students can't, they're not afforded that. And our parents of our students are not afforded that. So we did Zoom conferences with parents like every other week because they, we need to partner with them. Right and make sure that they understood what we were doing as an institution to support their student. Because we don't know what home was like for them. If there's other little kids there. When you have students with learning and attention issues and there's other little kids in the house and now they're trying to learn remote, 
Yeah. It has never been done like Beacon did it. And so because the students, we connected with them and stayed connected with them, they were ready to come back to their communities. But they understood what it meant when you come back, what you had to do personally yeah. to be able to remain in your community. Right. It wasn't just about the administrators. They are the ones that were responsible for keeping our communities safe. And um, so our president, he is the visionary. Our administrators, we just all kind of came together and said, what do we need to do to make this happen? And we, we started planning, like we were talking about before the yeah. segment started. Yeah. We started planning when everything was shut down about how we were going to reopen. Wow. And we slowly reopened our institution. And we've had students on campus since June. Wow. And we are now to the point where they're wrapping up their semester. So I would, you know, I would tell students, connect, find that person on your campus, that college professor, that administrator. Who was your, what kind of connection did you make? Right. Because Vincent Tinto has this dropout theory that there's, there's three levels of engagement that if a student doesn't have, they have a higher percentage of dropping out. It's peer engagement, institutional engagement, and educational engagement. And if they don't have any of those, then there is no connection to the institution. It doesn't matter if you have remote learning. Right. It doesn't matter right. if they're on campus. If right. they are not engaged, if they have not found something to tether them to that institution, they don't see the value in keeping themselves safe. They don't see the value of how it impacts the next person or their institution overall. So. I would say to students, you know, if you know you want to be back in your community and you know that this is important to you, then you be the leader. You set yourself apart and make up in your mind that you're going to be responsible and you're going to be that example for somebody else. Yeah. And our students, gosh, I brag on them all the time because this, <laughs> this is considered an at-risk population. Right. And they have navigated and managed. We did testing every two weeks. We had a beacon bubble, so they weren't allowed to go out past a certain boundary, and they followed it. Yeah. Um, all of the guidelines that the CDC gave us, we had arrows, tapes, everything. They followed it. Wow. We did temperature checks at every single meal, at temperature every day, to the point where if somebody was not available to do the temperature checks, they would wait until <laughs> we got there to do the temperature checks. Wow. So, you know, for institutions, what what is it that, how are you connected to your students? What do you do to show your students you're connected with them when they're not on campus? Right. And how do you help them to understand the value of being responsible for their community? Because we're teaching them to be citizens outside of the college. Right. Um, and I think if most of us understood that, maybe our pandemic wouldn't be going rampant the way that it is because right. maybe everybody values their community and they want to keep it safe. So. Right. And I think that's really uh, kind of the goal of, of our reopening plan here at Oneana for the second semester is, you know, the students have got to take a little bit more responsibility for maybe what they didn't do in the fall, you know, when we shut down and had right. to send everyone home. Um, right. So I, I believe that that's really where we're focusing as well. So. And um, so, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I want to thank you for coming on. It's really been a pleasure to, to see you. You look great. 
Uh, and I, you. you probably could still play. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just wanted to, um, you know, thank you for being such a role model and a mentor for so many young people. And we, we do need mentors and role models. And, and I know that, again, I've had very limited exposure to you in a couple times that you were here on campus, but you can just see it, like you said, it just kind of people gravitate towards you. Uh, oh, and our student-athletes, you know, did the same thing uh, when you were here. Thank so you, I, uh, that's really important. So what we're doing, a uh, fun thing to end all of my shows this year, I'm going to okay. fire some questions off at you, and I want you Ooh. to just come up with the first thing that comes to your mind, real simple stuff, simple Ooh. stuff. So, you got me at the end of the day. <laughs> well, this so, is, you'll be good. Okay, we'll see what <laughs> comes out. All right. Uh, what's your favorite meal? Breakfast. Breakfast. <laughs> Any part of breakfast? Uh, what, what do you like to have in the morning? Some uh, fruit? You know, I'm, I think I'm an eggs, eggs person. I'm a scrambled eggs okay. person, some fruit. Okay. Um, yeah, some energy food. All right, that's good. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Oh, love and basketball. Oh, there you go. Good one, good love one. Love and basketball. Uh, what is your favorite genre of music? You know... I remember when I moved to this country, I won't tell you when, <laughs> but there, the R&B yeah. and jazz um, was, I think it's the, not the R&B today. No. Right. R&B from like 20 years ago yeah. when they talk about caring for each other and loving right. each other. I can't tell you what it's about this time, but, and some jazz. I've learned to appreciate jazz now because it helps to bring down bring me down from the day. Yeah. Um, I tell you, uh, so far with some of the shows, I think most people, I think jazz has been the number one choice. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Uh, maybe at the end, I'll do a poll myself and just kind of keep track of what everyone says, right? Yeah. Um, who's your favorite athlete all time? <sighs> favorite athlete? Oh, it's not going to be basketball. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Does he? And, huh? Well, I was just going to say, he, he, he just has it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he played football. He had it. He's on, you know, he's doing these commercials. Thank you, like, Jeff. Yes. He, he, he is just, perfect in anything he does. Yes. And oh. he's just always just this stand-up guy. And just, yep. yeah, Peyton yeah. Manning. Peyton Manning. Yes. Great choice. Great, great. Thank you. Um, and the last question, place you would most like to visit? Hmm. You know, Tahiti is coming to mind. Okay. I was at one point, I wanted to go to Hawaii. I just, I will never do that flight. I can never do that long. I can't. Yeah. Tahiti, I want to go somewhere warm, yep. even more tropical than Jamaica. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> um, but I want to compare tropical islands. Yep. I want to, you know, so Tahiti would be okay. a good one. All right. Uh, well, once again, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule because I know you are a very busy woman. And, well, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. And, and certainly we wish you continued success and, and best of health to you and your family. Uh, and hopefully we'll be able to maybe get you back to campus soon. Absolutely. And I, I wish Oneonta the best. And I thank you so much, Jeff, for all that you're doing to, to keep us connected as alumni and as uh, former student athletes and Again, I never thought that I would be doing a podcast after I left Oneonta, but here you go. Here you have it again. So yeah. 
I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thank and, you so and, much. Well, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, so I'd like to uh, once again thank Cheryl for coming on the show, and I'd like to thank you for joining us once again. Just a reminder that you can watch our uh, video on our YouTube channel, or you can download or listen to our podcast on our website and some of the more popular podcast sites out there. So thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next time in the Ozone.